Ben Charrington says, in no uncertain terms, now, for the first time, that Henry Davis will come into spring training next year as a catcher. You buy that. Do you think Henry buys that? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also cover the Steelers and the Penguins, and I have daily shots of those up every morning as well. I asked Henry, this was last week in Philadelphia, that last road trip that I covered, his thoughts on being a catcher, like what's in his mind? What, if anything, is he clinging to in that context? I'm ready to do anything that the team needs. Yeah, I think that'll be as we have those conversations, more catching, definitely. Um, and like, I don't, I don't care. Whatever my team needs for me, like I love to catch, and I've caught my whole life. But if they need me in right field, I'll go play. I'll do my best. If they need to catch, I'll do my best on any facet. Okay, now I'm going to offer a little bit of my own context. Henry is the ultimate team player, the ultimate sports soldier. If you ask him a question about a game in which he hit four home runs and the Pirates lost, he's going to stand there with a completely stoic face and tell you that the game was just a, the evening was just an, a wipeout disaster. That's not an act. He's apparently been that way his whole life, I'm told, by people who have known him for a long time. Now, from one of those same people who've known him for a long time, I also know that Henry really wants to catch. Henry is not going to make waves about it, but he wants to catch. And I can promise you, as a close follower of this franchise, that it's not a coincidence that it wasn't until after the season and after Charrington had his end-of-season meetings with these players, with all of these players, that this emerged. But do you think it'll actually happen? The one area where I would tread lightly, and I'm only speaking for myself, you're free to do what you want, is presuming to judge what he can do behind the plate or, for that matter, in right field, considering he had zero on-the-job training with the latter. Just called up and stuck out there. Go get him, kid. But behind the plate, I can't speak to how many of us have seen enough to pass any kind of judgment. The only thing that really leaps out in that regard is what we didn't see, meaning the Pirates hiding Henry from any semblance of catching over the better part of four months. Game could be 10 nothing, 14 nothing, whatever it was, and you still wouldn't see Henry go back there. Like, what was he going to do? You know, what was the big thing that was going to happen? Was he going to bring an asteroid down on top of the stadium by being back there? I mean, at least he'd have the helmet mask on in that event. But they, very clearly, the Pirates, saw something that they felt was just 
unhinged bad. So that's one area of doubt that I have. Another is that there's no precedent whatsoever for this GM entering a season in Pittsburgh. I don't know about his other employers, but in Pittsburgh, without at least one catcher who is seen as being defensively superior, if not outright elite. That's been the Charrington mold so far. It's not just Austin Hedges. He was the one that ended up making all the headlines because people finally started paying attention to the Pirates after the 20-8 and start. They got really mad that there was a catcher hitting 163, but all of his catchers had been in that exact same data frame when Charrington would acquire them. They were just not guys that anybody heard of. And then again, they weren't really watching the Pirates until things got good for a little while anyway. I've reported to you on this show several times that they really like Jason DeLay. They feel like DeLay is someone they can work with defensively. They feel like there's some bat there. Uh, Certainly not something as awful as what Hedges was showing that he wouldn't embarrass them there the way Hedges did. And you saw delay get used in the way that you would most commonly expect a backup catcher to get used over the second half of this past season, including, it should be stressed, for almost all of Mitch Keller's better starts. Not a small thing. So what then? What if in the back of their mind, of their collective mind, they're thinking to themselves, we have to keep delay. Delay's absolutely going to be the backup catcher. So is it Andy Rodriguez versus Henry? Um, no. At least I would hope not. If you're looking at 2024 as a season in which things ramp up, you're not going to put your 1-1 pick your best player in the class in a position where he could regress and go to the minors yet again, especially not if you feel that the bat could be ready. As Henry showed in the second half, the bat's not all the way there. But I don't know that the bat's got a lot to gain from being in AAA, and I also don't know that Andy's bat's got a lot to gain from being in AAA. Yeah, yeah, I know what their numbers were in Pittsburgh. But I also know that a lot of things can get addressed over the offseason. I don't know, man. I, I do know that it's going to give us something to talk about all winter, though. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone. An eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. 
Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Jay, who says, DK, how many times have the Pirates had a run like 28 right out of the chute? To not notice how important that was. To watch, to tune in, to check the score, seeing the highlights every day, and then boom, it just evaporated. Jay, I'm with you, man. I have never once let them off the hook for this. I brought it up again this week. When Charrington spoke with reporters at PNC Park about his own culpability and how he phrased it in a way that made it sound like, oh, well, it was fated to be, meaning the dramatic fall off from 20 and 8. I have no doubt whatsoever that inside the walls at 115 Federal, that almost everything about 20 and 8 was seen as such a spectacular fluke that they were all just sitting there waiting for it, meaning waiting for the plunge. Yeah, it came. I mean, it came hard. You remember that? Do you remember early May? They couldn't even score a run. It went from 20 and 8 to just nothing. There was still some good pitching, but the offense just vanished, just fell off the face of the earth. And I I don't like that. I, I don't like that mostly because all of the Pirates' various ancillary factors were also strong. It's not like they just went on some sort of hitting tear or some kind of really solid pitching run, uh, especially in the latter case. Those are the ones that can be the most misleading because you can have everything going wrong offensively, even defensively. But if if you pitch lights out, it, it just outweighs everything. But that's not what happened in April. The Pirates were one of the five best hitting teams in the majors. And I mean across the board, every category, even home runs. They were among the top 10 in pitching, both starters and the bullpen. They caught the ball. They did everything. They were all kinds of clutchy. They had blowout wins. The run differential wasn't where you would want a 20 and 8 team to be meaning to kind of show that it's real but it wasn't that far off either and you had all this happening in front of you and you had all this excitement and you had all these other intangibles and you were just like Nope, we're not going to do anything. Just wait. Just wait. It'll fall apart. And then it starts falling apart. They don't take any kind of action whatsoever. They weren't bringing guys up. They weren't looking for any kind of bats to get out of the slump. Remember that? That was what this show was all about every single day. Like, seriously, you're just going to watch this? And then they just watched it. And then they kept watching it. 
And it went on for almost two months. Until, remember, it took the better part of an entire month alone just to fall out of first place because the Brewers also stunk at the time. Yeah, you recall that? Well, they waited, they waited, they waited. And eventually, the self-fulfilling prophecy came true. I am not letting go of that. I'm not. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.